Have you ever experienced the comfort of sleeping on a buckwheat pillow? I hadn't until I received my first Hello Pillow several years ago. I was already familiar with the sensation, having used a versatile brick-shaped pillow filled with buckwheat as my favorite yoga and meditation prop for years. When my Hello Pillow arrived, I was struck by its substantial weight, reminiscent of a large, natural beanbag. The premium quality stitching confirmed its durability, and upon unzipping it, I found it brimming with buckwheat filling, just as expected. Since then, Hullo kindly sent us a second pillow to try, and now we have his and hers Hullos. You too can experience this comfort by visiting hullopillow.com slash snoozecast for a discount on multiple pillows. So if this sounds like a good deal to you, please go to hellopillow.com slash snoozecast for up to $20 off per pillow when you buy multiple pillows, plus free shipping on every order. Again, that's H-U-L-L-O pillow.com slash snoozecast. And in doing so, you'll not only be investing in a good quality, natural pillow to help you sleep better, but you'll also be supporting SnoozeCast. Now, on to tonight's episode. fall asleep. Find us on snoozecast.com and follow us on Instagram at snoozecast where you'll find behind the scenes content. If you enjoy our show, please write a review on the podcast app. Also, share us with a friend. If you'd like to get an email once a week with what sleep stories are coming out with that week, along with any snoozecast news, subscribe to the snoozeletter at snoozecast.com. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by a golden egg. Tonight, for the 300th episode of Snoozecast, we'll read a story about Princess Guinevere from our King Arthur series. If you'd like to listen to the first stories in this series, you can find our episode titled The Sword Excalibur that aired on April 10th, 2020. If you'd like to listen to the previous episode, it aired on September 14th, 2020. King Arthur was a legendary British leader who, according to medieval histories and romances, led the defense of Britain against Saxon invaders in the late 5th and early 6th centuries. Guinevere is the wife and queen of King Arthur in the Arthurian legend, Early versions of these stories, starting in the 12th century, had only a brief mention of her. As time went on, her character has been fleshed out, depending on the author's desires. Guinevere has been portrayed as everything from a villainous and opportunistic traitor to a fatally flawed but noble and virtuous lady. 
let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. After Arthur had been established in his court for some time, his neighbor, Leodegran, the king of Cameliard, asked him for help in a battle. To this, Arthur cheerfully consented and gathered his warrior men about him. It chanced, as he and his men were marching past the castle of Leodegran to meet the enemy, the king's daughter, Guinevere, who was the most beautiful lady in all that land, stood on the castle wall to watch her father's allies pass. Now, she did not know of all the knights who rode by, which was Arthur. Many wore gold and jewels on their armor, while the king's armor was plain. But Arthur saw her bending over the wall. She was slender and graceful. Her black hair fell in two long, heavy braids over each shoulder. Her eyes were large and black. And Arthur felt a warm love spring from his heart for her and said to himself, If I win this battle for Leodegran, I shall ask him to give me the Princess Guinevere for wife. His love for Guinevere made him fight even more bravely than usual, and he soon won the battle. After he had returned to Camelot, he told his knights that he wished to marry the princess. They were very glad, because they, too, had seen her and thought her the most beautiful lady they had ever beheld. Then Arthur said, I will send my three good knights, Sir Ufius and Sir Brastias and Sir Bedivere, to King Leodegran to ask for Guinevere. The three knights set forth gaily, feeling certain that King Leodegran would be glad to marry his daughter to their great Arthur. When, however, they came to the castle of Leodegran with their request, the king hesitated. He bade them wait 
for a little while in the room adjoining his large hall. Then he said to himself, Arthur has helped me indeed. I know too that he is powerful, but I hear strange stories of his birth. There are people who say that he is not a king's son. However great he is, I cannot give him my only daughter unless he is really a true king, born of royal blood. He called the oldest knight in his kingdom and said to him, Do you know anything about Arthur's birth? The old man looked very wise and said, There are two men who do know. The younger of them is twice as old as I am. They are Merlin and Blaise, the master of Merlin. Blaze has written down the secret of Arthur's birth in a book. Then King Leodegran laughed a little and said, My friend, your words have not helped me much. If Arthur had not helped me in my time of need more than you have helped me now, I should have been lost indeed. Go and call Sir Ulfius and Sir Brastius and Sir Bedivere. So the old man brought in the three knights, and Leodegran said to them, I hear strange tales of your king's birth. Some say that he is indeed the son of the late King Uther, but others say that he is the son of Sir Hector. Do you believe that he is Uther's son? They said yes, and then told King Leodegran that Sir Hector had brought up King Arthur as his son for fear that those who wanted the throne would kill the child, and that Arthur was undoubtedly Uther's son. Still, King Leodegran could not make up his mind. He bade the three lords remain with him for a few days. Meanwhile, the beautiful Queen Bellicent came to the court, and Leodegran asked her advice. Do you think Arthur is a great king? He asked. Will he always be great? He is very great, said the queen, and all his people love him. Perhaps... He has not many lords, but their deep love makes up for their small number. That may be true, replied the king. Besides that, 
added the queen. They are good men. As you know, the knights of the round table are bound by vows to be kind and true and merciful and helpful. I have heard it, said the king. Moreover, went on Queen Bellicent, Arthur has powerful friends, Merlin, the magician, and the Lady of the Lake, who gave him the sword Excalibur, and the three fair queens, who will help him when he needs help most. Yes, yes, said King Leodegran. If all this is true, Arthur must prevail over his enemies. But is he the son of King Uther and Queen Igerna? You are the daughter of Queen Igerna by an earlier marriage, and, therefore, Arthur's half-sister, if Arthur is really Uther's son. You ought surely to know the truth. Bellicent waited a little while and then said, King Leodegran, I do not know what the truth is. There are two stories. The story Merlin tells and the story Blaze tells. Merlin says that Arthur is Uther's son, and indeed, I should like to believe it. But you are not sure? asked the king. I am not sure, for my mother, Egerna, was dark, and King Uther was dark. Their hair and eyes were black like mine, yet Arthur's hair is as bright as gold. Besides, there is the story of old Blaze. What is his story? He says that Uther died, weeping because he had no heir. Then Blaze and Merlin, who were present at his death, passed together out of the castle. It was a stormy night, and as they walked along by the lake, they were forced by the roar of the tempest to look out upon the waves, whipped by the wind. Suddenly, they saw a ship on the water. It had the shape of a winged dragon. All over its decks stood a multitude of people, shining like gold. Then the ship vanished, and a number of great waves began to roll in toward shore. The ninth of these waves seemed as large as half the sea. It was murmuring, with strange voices and rippling with flames. In the midst of the flames was a little 
fair-haired baby who was born to Merlin's feet. Merlin stooped and picked it up and cried, The king, here is an heir for Uther. This, King Leodegran, is the story Blaze tells me before he died. King Leodegran wondered very much. Then he said, But did you not question Merlin about this? Yes, answered Queen Bellicent. I asked him if this story of Blaze was true. He would only answer me with a riddle. As King Leodegran was still silent, she said, Do not fear to give your daughter to Arthur, for he will be the greatest king the world has ever seen. Leodegran felt less doubtful. While he was thinking, he fell asleep and had a dream. He saw in his dream a field covered with mist and smoke and a phantom king standing in the cloud. He heard a voice which said, This is not our king. This is not the son of Uther. But suddenly the mist disappeared and the king stood out in heaven crowned. King Leodegran took his dream for a good sign. He called the three knights, Sir Ulfius and Sir Brastius and Sir Bedivere, and said to them, Say to your king that I will give Guinevere for his wife. So the three hastily returned to King Arthur, who was overjoyed with their message. In the month of May, he sent Sir Lancelot, the son of King Ban, for Guinevere. When she came, the Archbishop of Canterbury married them, and he blessed them and said that they, with the help of the Knights of the Round Table, must do much good for the land. The beautiful Queen Bellicent had many sons, all of whom had gone out in the world, except the youngest. His name was Gareth. 
his two brothers, Gawain and Modred, were with the good King Arthur, and Gareth longed to join them. His mother, however, would not let him go. You are not yet a man, she said. You are only a child. Stay a little longer with me. So Gareth stayed. One day, he came to his mother and said, Mother, may I tell you a story? Gladly, she replied. Then, Mother, once there was a golden egg, which a royal eagle had laid, away up on a tree. It was so high up that it could hardly be seen. But a youth, who though poor was brave, saw it and longed for it. He knew that if he could get it, it would bring wealth and prosperity to him. So he tried to climb. One who loved him stopped him, saying, You will fall and be killed if you try to reach that height. Therefore the poor boy did not climb, and so did not fall. But he pined away with longing, till his heart broke and he died. Queen Bellicent answered, If the person who held him back had loved him, that person would have climbed and found the egg and given it to the youth. That could not be, said Gareth. Mother, suppose the egg were not gold, but steel, the same steel that Arthur's sword Excalibur is made of. The queen grew pale, for she now understood his meaning. But Gareth spoke on. Dear mother, the gold egg is the glory to be won at Arthur's court. I am the poor youth, and you are the one who holds me back. Mother, let me go. Then Bellicent wept, and she said, Oh, my son, do not leave me. You love me more than Gawain and Modred. You are all I have left in the world. But Gareth replied, Mother, I waste my strength here. No, no, she said. You shall hunt. You shall follow the deer and the fox, and so grow strong. Then I will find you a beautiful wife, and we shall all live together till I die. Gareth shook his head. 
No, mother. I do not want a wife until I have proved myself to be a worthy and brave knight. I wish to follow Arthur, my good king and uncle. Perhaps he is not the true king and your uncle, Bellicent said. At least wait a little till he has shown himself to be the greatest king in the world. Stay with me. Nay, mother, he said, I must go. Then the queen thought of a plan which she hoped would soon make him willing to stay home. If I let you go, my son, you must make me a promise. The promise will prove your love to me. I will make a hundred promises, cried young Gareth, if you will only let me go. Then, she said, you must go in disguise to the court of Arthur. You must hire yourself out as a kitchen boy. You shall wash the pots and pans for a whole year and tell no one that you are the son of a queen. Queen Bellicent was sure that Gareth would not wish to make such a promise. He was silent a long, long time. He had hoped to take part at once with the Knights of the Round Table in great deeds. At last, he said, I may be a kitchen boy, and still be noble in heart and mind. Besides, I can look on at the tournaments. I shall see King Arthur and Sir Lancelot and Sir Kay. Yes, mother, I will go. Queen Bellicent was very sad. All the days before Gareth's departure, her eyes followed him until he felt that he could not bear to see her grieve longer. So, in the middle of the night, he rose quietly and woke two of his faithful servants. They dressed themselves like plowmen and started towards Camelot. It was Easter time and the young grass was a bright green. The birds were beginning their chirping, although it was not light yet. As the dawn came, they saw the early 
sweeping over the mountain and forest near Arthur's city of Camelot. Sometimes the mist drew away and showed in the distance the towers gleaming like silver.